Shane. You always had a situation in a big way, man. express myself sometimes when I need to be properly different. Fuck. Down. Tonight we welcome to the show life coach, NLP practitioner and head honcho of the fighter's mind, uh, Alan Witten, a lifelong martial artist. Alan's day job involves helping people manage their anxieties, achieve their goals and provide them with a cast iron performance mindset. Uh, for this show, especially, Alan is offering a 50% discount to listeners uh, who are after his services. But even more than that, and that's up to April, so quote the lockdown podcast and, and you'll get that discount. But even more than that, um, Alan is uh, making a very kind offer. Who's anyone who's suffering COVID-19 related anxiety uh, issues uh, he will offer you free phone assistance so get alan through his fighters one website or you can go straight to alan's own uh, life coaching nlp website alanwitten.co.uk hello welcome alan how are you all right i'm doing all right man i'm i'm really good thank you and thanks for having me on that's such a pleasure you're welcome hit the button is that what we've got to do oh shit right i'm gonna hit the button right okay so one second let i'm hitting the button so this is an experiment. See some statistics. So these are taken from John Hopkins University. Total confirmed COVID-19 at the moment, as of this minute, is 523,163. Total deaths is 23,639. Total recovered 122,059. So I'm going to press it again before the end. We're going to see what the numbers are. We need to write them down. Whoa. Have you written them down? Now? No, I no, don't need to. I, I've got them here now. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is this could be depressing. <laughs> this could be more yeah, depressing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, I find data fascinating. I'm getting a turning into a bit of a sort of data freak. I think I probably always was a bit of a data freak, but yeah. You have, um, have you seen the, the the live channel um, on on YouTube that's literally following the the deaths and uh, and cases live? Which is, uh, it, it, yeah, I mean it it might be the same thing as that, which is basically it's a it's taken from uh, uh, John Hopkins, which I think oh. that might be where they're getting some of their data. But but um, but yeah. Interesting. So welcome, Al. Welcome, yeah. boys. Thanks. Introduce yourselves, guys. We've got a full house tonight. Hello, it's Adam again. Maybe the most handsomest man in BJJ. Definitely not. It's Jordan here. Uh, I am definitely not the most handsome man in jiu-jitsu. But maybe in God's sign. Oh. Tegmong, Ryan Cronk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Kerry. And I'm Dave. So that's it's a full house tonight. It's a full house. <laughs> So um, we're welcoming Alan. Like we said, Alan is an uh, experienced uh, life coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Uh, I've known Alan for some, some years. 
um, a long, long time, actually. And it's helped me massively. And I think uh, especially uh, in these times, people will be mindful of their mental health, their mental state. And it's it's a well worth investment um, talking to professionals uh, and getting some professional help. But um, but before we do that, um, there's some uplifting stories that, or story that's uplifting that we want to cover. So, Ad, do you want to ask your question to Alan so we can have a little bit of good news or a good good yeah. feel story out of this? I love dogs. You love dogs. The world loves dogs. How? Tell us a story about Mitzi, the great escape, the recovery, and after the recovery, the new security measures that are in place. <laughs> So basically, um, uh, I is it been an interesting journey? This and uh, so I walk my dog. There's a local woods called Nighting Woods, and I'd walk Mitzi. And I never, she's only a tiny little Jack Russell, and I never wanted her to be afraid of other dogs. So I thought I'll keep her off the lead. So you know, I do you know because sometimes you know the dogs could they can pick pick up things through the lead if you're tense and stuff like that. So um, and so she she'd always sort of come back she'd always come back even if like there was a big dog she'd sort of like run away a little bit and then come back and i would always make a point of sort of keep continuing to walk uh later i kind of realized this was actually a little bit of my own ego getting the better of me thinking oh look at me i can keep walking and i don't like sort of have to worry about my dog because she's i've got such control over her so uh it, i was being a bit of a dick to be honest with you um but anyway so she was off the lead uh, i was talking to i met a lady who had a big black dog and a basset hound wearing a christmas jumper this was before christmas this was in november <laughs> which is which is weird <laughs> enough as it and uh, this black dog uh, slipped slipped off the lead and started to chase her and she just bolted and um and I was like, yeah, don't worry, she'll come back. You know, really arrogant, like, right, right, right idiot, really. Um, and I, that was at about uh, 8.30. And then I spent the rest of the day looking for her in a frantic state. She just disappeared off the face of the earth. And when I say all day, I mean, like, from 8.30 to... I think I went home to write an email, you know, do a dog's loss thing for about 20 minutes, then went back and um, and was there all night, you know, was in touch with people that, you know, helped find dogs and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and it was it was awful. It was really, really traumatic uh, because obviously it was on my watch. You know, I lost her on my watch and that was shocking. And so, you know, it was a really cold night that night. Uh, it was it was. Uh, uh, freezing fog and I so I couldn't sleep um, and you know I kept thinking is she injured is she dead you know what's happened to her because um, I didn't see this this woman just disappeared I was like bloody hell is she like oh well I had a little look for this dog and I can't find it so I'll just scoot off home so I was like really my mind was all over the place so I spent the so I spent that first day all that first day looking for a did all the social media stuff. Uh, people started to help, come out to help, looking for for the second day. I'm sort of really giving you the 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 compressed version. I think uh, maybe I, th I think I've mentally I've sort of compressed it, but it was 
it was just agony. It was excruciating. That like every every second was was absolute torture because she's she's a family member. I she that's you know I love her the you know pretty much the same way as I love my kids. You know that it's, you know, it's that that depth of love I have for her. And, Does she go uh, everywhere with you and do everything with you and yeah, she walk around with you? She comes to she comes to class. She comes to jujitsu. So she's I've trained her now. So now she'll she, she'll be in a little pod, a little like carry case. So now she'll she'll be in her carry case. The the carry case will be open, and she'll just go to sleep. She'll go. What are these dickheads doing rolling around the floor? <laughs> with and like she'll just sort of basically turn her back on us all. And um, but but uh, Ed's Ed's got Ed Ingemels. He's got a bit of a soft spot for her, and he you know he he's he. He decided that. Um, so I did a podcast with him early on, and he said, "Mitz is a shit name. She's her name's Barry now. So everyone calls her Barry." <laughs> uh, but now I think he calls her Fat Barry for, for reasons I'll get into in a minute. Um, so anyway, on the, so we were really desperate. I mean, we were really, really desperate. On the third day, we got a phone call. I'd actually created leaflets. Uh, an old mate I haven't seen in like thirty years. I went to school with, he was a printer and he came, helped me look and he printed off these leaflets. Um, and I driving over to pick these up. I literally had a, a nervous breakdown, like in the car, like screaming, crying. Um, it was hideous, mate. I looked a right mess, made my mascara run and everything. Um, <laughs> so with leafleted all the, it was, this, this wood is like a square. So it's like surrounded by houses, although it's about 120, hectares um you know square 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 area um and um we had a phone call from a lady who said i've got a dog i back my back my, my house backs onto the to the wood and i've got a dog and my dog is never interested in foxholes and for the last three days he's been interested in this foxhole and today uh, he was sniffing at this foxhole and i bent down and i thought i heard a whimper so I was like, you know, like bombing it over there, you know, and um, went there and I sort of stuck my head down this foxhole. And I heard the very faintest, faintest little sort of whimper. Like a, it was like that, like that. <laughs> so don't ask me to do that again. Uh, it was that uh, volume, but it was, it was through like, like a couple of tons of earth. And, uh, and it was like, so I couldn't like, you know, like, you know, when you, you hear a sound, it's like you, you can sort of locate it in space. Yeah. I, I, it's like so uh, dispersed. I couldn't quite locate it. So I, I, I basically I asked her if she had a shovel, started to dig. Um, and I got on Facebook um, uh, and just saying, think we've got a uh, gave the coordinates, the location. Please bring shovels now. And there was just this massive. Uh, um massive show of people there were like 16 people that came uh, i remember i've been on the phone to dave saying what should i do i you know i need some help you know with with the uh, fire fire uh, brigade like what how, how do i go about doing that and he was so good he gave me some lovely advice and i've got you know massive uh, gratitude to you for that dave um and um uh yeah so we were sort of digging 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 but we had, it was quite difficult because the earth was wet and so it's like you're going down with a shovel, you might decapitate her, right? Uh, anyway, it, and you know it's it's all on it was all on sort of filmed on camera, um, but uh, 
one of this guy who I later found out was like a sort of retired sort of special forces guy who was who was just unbelievable this guy he said I, I think I've got her I've got her and then I remember looking down and seeing the, her two little beady black eyes looking up at me from the earth and so like I clawed it away and I pulled her out and it was like it was very odd it was like it was like the it was like you know when you see a, a baby being lifted from like the mother it was really weird it was like this rebirth thing it was amazing um so so that was that uh and it was just i mean it's you know it was all over the internet and stuff me and me crying like a like a baby uh so it's like great and like getting 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 um getting uh letters from people in guatemala saying oh you're fantastic you're amazing and stuff like this and i'm like great yeah i'm famous for crying you know not for anything decent you know but just for crying so uh, so yeah that was that and subsequently you know we've been overfeeding her so she can't literally can't fit down holes she's become <laughs> she's been uh become physically addicted to greg's vegan sausage rolls and um and she's just a big bloody meatball now basically but um it, it was amazing it was amazing she's sorry Mitzi came like a, like a little mini celebrity for a while, though, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. We were on, we were on BBC Breakfast and ITN, and it made like national news. It was just ridiculous. But um, I just we I was watched the video in a lift when yeah. it, when you put it up, Adam. We we were in a in a not was it must be was it Naga? It was me, Cronk, and Dave. Where where were we, Dave? We were in a competition. We were in the we watched it in a lift. Yeah, what, was, what competition was that? Was Naga. that Naga? Yeah. yeah it must Naga, have been Naga, yeah. yeah we, With Jim. Yeah, so the night before, yeah, yeah, Jim, we watched you, watched it live. That's also, right, yes, that's right, there. yeah. It was, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I'm a bit of a, a, a soppy twat. So I think, like, there's, like, really, like, amazing, deep, sort of emotional like lessons that come from things like that you know did you find that it changed you at all because i know at the moment at the time it was like mega intense wasn't it how it was like everybody was on the facebook you were like putting out messages people were calling you all the time it was like literally a needle in a haystack it was like a a a, a foot-long dog in a hundred and whatever it was 20 hectare space that you were trying to find you know that is literally almost impossible to most people that's that, that, that I know you wouldn't have given up, but that was give up territory, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that third day, it was like, you know, I was like, my my wife is she's she's very pragmatic, and she was like, all right, well, if we don't find her end of the weekend, back to back to work or as normal. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I'm not stopping. Look, I don't give a shit about work. I don't give a shit about anything. I will not stop looking. Even if I find her corpse, I was like, and I was thinking, maybe she's not alive when we were digging her out. Maybe she's dead. And even that, I was thinking, that would be closure. You know, I know it's yeah. a bit, bit uh, grim to say that, but, you know, just to just to be able to have that closure. So I was like, it was really, you know, uh, touch and go sort of thing. Um, but like I said, I mean, I don't leave any of my lot behind, you know, that I just couldn't do that. And, and that's not, I'm not trying to sort of big myself up. It's just like, I I just couldn't live with myself. Just, just, and, and, and it's weird because I've sort of become uh, involved with, it's like almost my way of, sort of paying things back. Like I'm on all of the dog lost 
uh, and found groups. And so, like, if you look at my Facebook feeds, like, every day there's, like, two or three or four or five or six or seven, you know, like, it, uh, you know, people that are in that same situation. And I know what it's like because I've been there, absolutely desperate. Um, and what I found out was actually spreading information is better than you, you know, running around a bloody forest like a like a crazed idiot you know chafing the inside of your thighs because you haven't got any cardio <laughs> uh, which which ironically is which got me onto the whole um you know the whole tabbing thing and running with a rucksack on my back you know which is so there's been quite a lot that's come out of it um but but yeah it was a very deep thing and it and it and it, it has certainly you know you know it has made me really sort of count my blessings and i think even the situation we're in now, it's like, you know, you, we have to really be, you know, people could get like, just, and I'm rambling, but I'll, I'll shut up off this, but it's like, like, so every Sunday I do a long run in the forest, well, not run, it's a bit of a pathetic tab, but anyway, um, so I'm there, you know, six, seven o'clock, whatever. The, the Sunday before lockdown, it's the... I've lived around here for like what 20 years it's the busiest i've ever seen the forest people are like oh we're gonna lose our liberty let's go and like walk and stuff like that and i'm sort of like i'm a regular here <laughs> piss off you know yeah. um you know because i sort of run through the undergrowth and stuff like that stay away from them but um but yeah i mean i think you know it just it's just showed me that there is good in people yeah. uh but also the fact that uh, you know if people tell you to give up on a thing, it's up to you when you give up on a thing. Yeah. You know? And, and it, and some, and they might be right saying that, but, um, that's up to you, you know, that's up to you and you might be doing the wrong thing. You might be doing the right thing. That's your choice. Mm. And also that, that, yeah, like I say, there's good in the good in the world. There is, there is good in people. There is, there is innate good in, in, in people. Um, but um, but just be grateful for what you've got, man, because it can be gone like that, you know, really can. And we know that more than ever nowadays, right? And that's yeah. got that's got to be a massive message that that comes out of this, because no matter what situation people in at the moment, they will be lo- losing something, but gaining elsewhere, maybe you know, or looking to focus on the gains rather than the losses yeah. you know what i mean i know there's some people going through some horrendously tough times at the moment you know both you know internally people with existing anxieties and so on and so forth but people with their businesses and their livelihoods and and things that they've built up over years and years you know um and it and it, at the moment it's got to be so tough and it so like from that story you know, like just a not losing hope story. Now, I think people need stuff like that at the moment because there is a lot of doom and gloom in there uh, on the news and stuff. It, it, it is, it is non-stop, isn't it? And it, and and I think you lose. It, it's so hard not to lose track of um, success or, or you know or, or achieving or a goal or you know whatever. And I mean that's that's like more than a goal, isn't it? That's like life or death that's your companion that's so, like your brother isn't it you know so, so if if we just talk about mental health for a minute if you think about your health you like um you know adam's this you know strapping you know chunky beautiful 
hunky man, right? Thanks, yeah, mate. And, uh, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I'm answering your final question now. So, uh, uh, in, in so a month, yeah. like for him to sustain, <laughs> for him to sustain himself, he has to do what? We well, has to train, and he has to sleep, and he has to eat. And so, well, what's he doing there? He is doing activities that maintain his health, his physical health. Don't think for a second that your mental health is anything different to that. So you have to proactively maintain and check and monitor. And you're not like, so you're obsessing about it, but like, if you can't remember the last time you laughed, you know, you need to deal with that situation like quickly. If you can't remember the last time you felt bliss, peace, joy, you know, because you don't have to worry about stressors and, and pressure and, 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 and cr spirit crushing gloom <laughs> that's all in abundance like so we have to continually make sure that we are um keeping that balance of sort of like the yin and yang you know the black and white in balance uh, and doing things like you know like being out in nature you know be you know being you know n n near the sea or, or you know getting out just just doing things that feed your soul you know i'm a bit of a private twitcher you know i love looking at birds uh, um but you know so you've got to do whatever whatever does it for you um and so but you have to proactively do that for some that might mean meditation for some it might mean i don't know like you know doing one of these like choirs or or whatever it is but I don't know why I said that. I saw the choir go on the TV. Um, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to uh, pursue it and maintain it. It's, you know, because if you, it's like if you just ate whatever you want and just hope that your body, you know, burn enough fat or whatever, then you'd probably mess things up. So you have to consistently you know, sort of uh, keep track of things and and work to keep things in. Um, what's the word homeostasis they've got mm. to keep them in you've got to keep them everything in balance you know so i i see this there's a couple of problems at the moment with with that at the i think that people are going to find out is is because a lot of people are confined to their own homes or they should be in their own homes for the moment i think it might be the first time that people have had to um step out of their normal routine and find something, I guess, that interests them or that they can do without necessarily, you know, someone else running it for them. Although there is loads of internet stuff going on at the moment. And and I think also the other thing that's tricky at the moment is there's there's a lot of for those that are trying to isolate themselves, there's a lot of shame attached to going out and doing things. Do you know what I mean? There's a there's a lot of emotions out there that people have got to deal with if they happen to choose to go out their door. So how do people like, you know, how do people make sense of that? Cause I, I think this is going to be like a problem that people are just are not going to have so much time to not be able to figure this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically um, you have to think like, well, who am I asking? Like who, who do I answer to? So for me, I'm following the, the government's advice. And then other than that, I've got my own personal compass. And, you know, I listen to my wife. I listen to my kids, you know, whatever. But so it's like 
what like muggy bonehead and who lives over the road i you know i might value them as a human being but i don't i don't like place any import on what they say about me living my life my my compass is fairly like well steered i think maybe uh but uh maybe it's not perfect but um so it's like well you know you you have to think well well, why are you giving your power away to that person that like who who gets to to say and make decisions about my life other than the government and the police you know and so you have to sort of you have to do some work on yourself in, in as much as you know you know who do I answer to why well, answer to answer the government I, I and other anything other than that you need to sort of clay, keep your own personal power to yourself and look you know I mean loads of people are moaning about being locked in the house like I remember, I don't know if you, you, you've probably all seen that, um, uh, the LBC interview with Dr. Jack. And he's like, mm. all you got to do is sit on your couch and watch Netflix. Like, you know, you all, all people have been doing is moaning about how little time that they have. And like, now they've got it. They're like, we don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm trying not to be too caustic about it. But, you know, we, we're very lucky. In the, I mean, can you imagine, like, being in the sub-Saharan Africa and the, you know, and having outbreaks, you know, we've got, we've got a health service, which is, yeah, okay, bust into the gills and all the rest of it. But, you know, we've all, we're all uh, been vaccinated against so many things. We've all got warmth, heating, light, most of us, apart from the homeless people. So, you know, we've all got books, we've all got the internet. There is a load of stuff we can do, but we need to, actually spend some time basically like you're just saying in, in in trying stuff i mean the other day we had a reading hour in our house and we, we were trying to do it every day it didn't work out we we're going right every single screen is going off and we're just going to read for an hour and my son was like <laughs> it was almost like dragging a vampire into the sunlight it's like it burns you know but and like you know and he was like he had the book here and he was like yeah i am reading i'm like no you got your eyes closed and so we kept on at him until, you know, in about what, about 45 minutes into it, he looks like he actually was reading. But it was an amazing thing to turn every device off and just spend some time reading, uh, you know, as a family. But obviously we're all reading different books, mm. you know. So it's it's about having an exploratory nature and uh, with regards to finding out stuff that you want to do and, uh, and, and try and, and, and research and stuff uh, and learn about and develop yourself. But but as far as the shame thing, it's like, well, you know, who are those people that are, that are, that are calling you names? Who are those? Like, who are they to you? Like, are you a policeman? Like, are you a policeman? Yes. If not, fuck off, basically. Um, you know, as long as your moral compass is, is, you know, you know, bears true. Why would you why would you bother caring about somebody what somebody else's opinion is of you? You know, and if and, it, and it, if you are taking the piss, then maybe you need to reflect on that and go, yeah, I shouldn't be sunbathing, you know, you know, or, or having a, you know, having a game of football <laughs> with my mates is on the local thing on the local next door for him. He goes, yes, there was some news and they were, um, they were, they weren't respecting social distancing. And like, they're saying like, well, how do you know? You know, like the, you know, he goes, well, they were smoking joints and they would like, they were snogging these girls. And I was like, <laughs> and loads of these rascals spoke, Oh, actually, I might just nip up there, just have a word with them, like, yeah, so like, I fancy getting high. But, um, but so yeah, you have to think, you have to, you have to actively 
pursue the maintenance of your own personal power like who do you answer to like if you are if you want to answer to sheila who lives like next door go go for it but you're giving away your personal power you know yeah so flip side of that alan so today not to be too controversial but i saw something a bit dodgy going on on facebook so i called him out on facebook so i, I thought as a responsible grown-up yeah. I'll, I'll call him out um so am i being you know the flip side of what you said because there, it's there no, no, but everyone's got, everyone in society has got a responsibility. If you're going out for your daily run, like it's like if you've got nothing to fear, you've got nothing to hide, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and, you know, if Sheila, if Sheila is saying, oh, you know, where are you going, you know, and all the rest of it, it's good to have that level, if to some degree, of, um, I suppose, community spirit or vigilance for want of a better phrase because because um we're you know they might be they might be fine but they might be infecting other people so i think that's a fantastic thing that you did but 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 you're coming from a place of like a coming and having a good moral compass as opposed to people that are taking the piss um mm. you know so uh so i think that's absolutely fine we all all do have a responsibility and you know and i was I was swearing at people under my breath in the forest, you know, on a, on Sunday. Um, and for the simple reason, didn't, you know, start, start arguing with them for the simple reason. I, I don't want to be anywhere near them, you know? So, um, yeah. so it is a, it is a diff, difficult time. There are a lot of, there are a lot of things in movement, but if you keep trying to do the right thing, you're probably going to be okay. And mm. so, and, and there is, there is, there is uh, there is a place for people who are going to call people out because some people might not have the balls to do that. And, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, somebody who is like, obviously doesn't feel two ways about calling somebody on their behavior. And that's, that's really good. But a lot of people that they, they might, you know, they might see something dodgy and be like, well, I don't want to get into that. You know, RSPCA people saved a swan and got spat on, by people today you know i mean man god help me if i ever saw something like that i think i'd anyway whatever yeah. so yes yeah, so <laughs> but i think i think you did the right thing yeah cheers yeah kerry are you up next what's your question kerry for our not part two of mine uh, mate yeah, yeah. Well, Oh, sorry, sorry. Did, uh, well, let's go. Let's go with it. Let's go with a part two. You sort of. Oh, thank you, uh, Alan. Let's go with a part yeah, two. Oh, so um, we sort of covered it already, Alan. But who is oh, but the most handsome man in BJJ? Apart from me. Apart from me. Oh, I'm obviously the most handsome man. Apart from me. Um, the I think, or the I think other people think. That's tough. I mean, I, I, I think. Um, it's hard to say that without worrying you know anyway but, but I suppose a, lot of people, a lot of people like Cron don't they a lot of people like like Cron Gracie um but um so I said Cron yeah me too I was like yeah Cron yeah Cron Gracie yeah Cron yeah Cron's Cron's a good looking but but then but then I I like Hickson w was a bit of a player in his in his youth, wasn't he? He was, yeah. You know, he, he was. On now, but he was. I bet he. 
I bet he uh, danced with a lot of ladies at um, festivals. Yeah. But obviously you. Okay, you. I'm not even if that the question. Can we cut that out, Kronk? That yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that even a valid question? Enough <laughs> timestamps. Apologise for the, the listeners for that because he made such a fuss about after the second part of the question. Solely like self indulgent. It looks like he's lying down in his bed and I can't see his oh, hands. Yes, it bed. is. I'm on my set. He's got his hands gonna... on his uh, on his, his fuck off. I'm, I'm no, just amazed he's got clothes on today. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you asked three questions, Adam. Are you happy with a with a? Yeah, that's glasses? me. That's me happy now. I'm happy now. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Kerry, what's your question, mate? Right. You you sure you're all right, Ed? Just double checking. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering, what made you get into life coaching? Because uh, it seems quite far far removed from standing there and you know and, and trading blows and grappling and I'm just wondering what what really made you think do you know what I really want to give that a go so um right off the bat let me say I loathe nearly every other life coach I don't <laughs> shit a lot of them um I, I, I really mean that I, I look at what life coaches power and I I'm like Bleh! I just want to be sick <laughs> Because they're just full of shit. A lot of them are full of shit, and they're just filling people's heads with bollocks. Um, so there is that. Um, but I'm different, he said, hoping that he can claw <laughs> claw back. Uh, yeah, so I really don't like what a lot of people put out that call themselves life, life coaches. I, I, I hate it. Um, so how did I get into it? Well, I, I, it's really weird. I mean, I suppose a seed was set. When I was at college, uh, I would have, yeah, I I, yeah, I was still doing karate at this point, um, and um, they'd like they'd this a stage hypnotist guy came and you know he had me up on stage and I was like he turned me into a, uh, well I sort of went along with it really um, the um, this sergeant major that was like shouting at the audience saying right you horrible lot you know like it ain't half hot mum that guy. Um, so I was sort of quite fascinated by hypnosis and then I've read a couple of books um, and then I suppose God, it must be about maybe 20 years ago I remember reading about something called NLP which is neuro-linguistic programming I thought that was really fascinating and learned how you could you know do behavioral change very quickly that seemed very cool to me um, and you know the the sort of like the the older sister of NLP is hypnosis because a lot of the techniques are sort of distilled versions of what is done in 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 a, a hypnotherapy session historically um so that was kind of they were like the um the breadcrumbs that sort of led me to this point and um you know i sort of i rallied against calling myself a life coach for a long time but the simple fact of it is that um yeah people search for life coaches so I've, I've you know i've been doing it for a long time but um but you know just like no i'm I, i'm not a life coach. who am i to you know tell people how they live their lives but i was kind of was doing it anyway when i was doing therapy or i was doing just just calling it coaching um <clears throat> but you know for seo reasons you know for marketing reasons if you say i'm a coach people are like oh yeah would you coach football no well coach people oh one what 
oh mindset i'm like oh so you're a life coach yeah i suppose so um so it's, you know, it's something that it's <clears throat> it's like when i first started uh, a plant-based diet nearly four years ago you know i'd go into a bar restaurant or pub or whatever and say oh yeah i have a plant-based diet and they're like what I have a plant-based diet, and like, what? And I'm like, okay, like a vegan diet. Like, oh, you're a vegan. Okay, fine. Now I understand. So, part of it was sort of like common parlance, you know, like making people understand what I actually do. Um, so, uh, so I, I, so I got trained in NLP and hypnosis and some of these other sort of behavioural change techniques uh, and coaching techniques, and um, and I, you know, and I sort of thought, God, there's a really good fit with martial arts and this um you know that's and that's really how what how, how the fight's mind stuff started um and then you know it was some people would come for therapy but they wouldn't actually need you know if you if we look at when, when you work with people there's remedial work which is like something's broken i've got to fix it and there's generative work which is something's working but it wants it wants to perform better um and a lot of people that come for life coaching actually end up doing therapeutic processes with me uh, and a lot of people that come for therapy work end up doing life coaching more generative work with me um but people you can't sort of put that on a bloody business card so you have to sort of go right okay therapy and life coaching okay you choose um so, you know it's nearly always a bit of one and a bit of the other yeah. um but but people want you know distinctions <clears throat> don't it's, so that's that's really, I guess how. Have I answered your question? No, no, no. Like you have. Um, just a, okay. a, a quick one. Adam, Adam got two, so I'm going to stretch this out a bit longer. <laughs> um, now, it, would you find now? I know um, Americans love a life coach. It's very cultural for them. They love seeing the person on stage. Usually, it's to do with chasing money, chasing the American dream. W yeah. Would you say uh, you've noticed a change culturally in the UK? Because we're quite reserved. We keep ourselves to ourselves, you know. It's swallow a bitter pill and carry on. That's the attitude. Yeah. It can be. Uh, yeah. Would you say there's a big change that's happened, uh, uh, you know, over the past few years? It is continuing to change, um, and I mean, it's you know, it's probably been sort of more, you know, year by year on year, it gets sort of better and better. So culturally, it is is more acceptable. In the same way that now, if you say, um, you know, I'm getting some therapy you know then all of a sudden like mental health is a buzzword i'm like i've been doing this shit for like over a decade like all of a sudden it's okay to talk about which i'm like super happy for because it means yeah. i'm busy. but it's you know like time was you know when I, you know i was i was born in the 70s so you know type if, if you as there's any kind of like if there wasn't any kind of like a sniff that there was something wrong with your head you'd be like you're mad that's it yeah. you're mad yeah like, unclean like a you, you know you were you're treated like a leper um so it's, it is really good that 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 uh, that 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 cultural change has and does continue to occur um uh, yeah so uh, and so the same the same is true for the life coaching you know it is becoming more and more you know like oh yeah i've got a life coach and <clears throat> i just hope that they come to me and not half the wankers that are out there yeah well, we do too have out. a support network do they yeah yeah sorry two people at the same time go on dave no i was just saying we do too we think they go to you as well we think they should go oh, to you thank you mate i appreciate that but go leave on, not go on, curious... go on mate sorry mate can you hear me just a just a quick one so um 
old Tony Robbins is mega famous life coach in a minute. Yeah. Um, big, spectacular, squillion pound events. People come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that um, short term fix? Go to, a, go to a day and sort of get really energized or is it yeah. a long term I mean, he's really good at sort of like hyping people up and stuff, but um, and I, 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 I've got nothing. It's like it's like counselling, you know. I, I think counselling has is of limited, um, it is of some use, but um, it's, it, uh, if you're looking at behavioural change, I would argue that counselling's not that brilliant. By the same token. Um, if you look at what Tony Robbins is doing, he's a great motivator and all the rest of it. Um, but is he is he fact building long term change? That that's that's arguable. But if that person that gets motivated then starts on a journey and and continues, that's brilliant. But you know, rather than um, I think my 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 concern with with events like that is that they're like they're not building i'm i'm more interested in building directions with people and almost like a propulsion system that's going to get people to continue not yeah. something that is going to make them go you know blast off and you know, i'm 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 sort of like the uh the tortoise as opposed to the hare I, i'm i want people to make slow incremental changes that are sustainable and that are that are buildable as opposed to you know, like, you know, in the car, on the cartoons, I don't know if you, you're old enough to remember, they'd pull out this thing, an Acme house, and it'd be like yeah. a little packet <laughs> yeah. like this, and they'd throw it, and it, this house would go, dum, 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 and it's like, that's great, that'll fall apart in a minute. So I'm more interested in, uh, in, in uh, uh, solid progress that's built up over time. Although behavioral change and change in, in an identity, it can happen quickly. But um, I'm a sort of, uh, you know, I'm a belt and braces person. So I don't want people to get. So when clients have a session with me and then, <coughs> excuse me, they're sort of saying, oh, yeah, it's an amazing. I'm like, well, just take it easy, son. You know, let's let's talk about <laughs> it. And you know, try because I don't want them to, you know, to sort of have this sort of big peak and a crash when, you know, a couple of days later or something. It's a bit like a crash diet, and it if people who lose like twenty pounds in a week, and it then it just all piles back on. But if you lose a a couple of pound a week over a year's period, you you might yeah. keep it off, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like a sustainable yeah. change. Yeah, hundred percent. Would do what Thanos does and cut it off and now go in the bath. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> in a bath full of salt and then nearly yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. Because your heart's being supported by a little electronic box. <laughs> that, that was Amsterdam. That was amazing. I nearly killed it. Jesus. <laughs> so on that out, I mean, I, I want to. I've got a real interest in this current situation. Not only because, you know, we are living in it, and I think an interesting meme that I saw the other day was we are literally living in a GCSE question, like yep. five years from now, which is which is actually probably true. So I've got a few little lead offs, one of which is about people's mental health, but not really directly. Is there problems, do you think, leading from this that we will not even realise? 
So, for example, anxieties that people will display that we never even expected. So an example in that is that um, I was saying to Alan before the show, I went out to Morrison's to do some shopping yesterday. And the reaction from other people to me and my reaction to them was beyond strange. It was almost like we all had this like team agoraphobia. Like no, no one wanted to be near each other. No one... Everybody was very skittish. People were avoiding aisles when you were down there, which is kind of a weird human nature thing anyway, because some people do avoid human contact or, or, you know, avert eyes if someone says hello or whatever, you know. But it seemed to be like a really extreme part, like a demonstration of it so do you think there is a chance that we will see or people will manifest anxieties that they didn't even know were going to be a thing okay so the short answer is before this crap happened there was enough anxiety for me to make a living out of it now something that you know is truly worthy of anxiety has happened yeah, there's going to be a shit ton of it. Um, you know, so I think we, you know, we're probably in the same way that it's going to take two generations to pay off, you know, you know, to, to pay off, you know, what, what the government's sort of pumping out and all the rest of it. I think I think they're going to be there's going to be uh, ripples in mental well-being for, I don't know maybe five years, two years, ten years. I don't know how long it's going to take, but. Because they're, you know, they're, and we're talking about things from anxiety to, you know, phobias to, um, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, these are all things that are, that are almost certainly going to rear their ugly head. Not, not, you know, with everyone. Most people are going to just crack on and get on with it. But in the same way that, you know, uh, people live for the war. You know, and it's like, well, you know, people weren't crying out with PTSD through the Second World War. Well, there wasn't the technology and there wasn't the ease of information flowing that there is now. So I, I'd, I'd probably give it, you know, I'd give it a, a few months, uh, uh, you know, either of where we're still in it or three months after the, the sort of we've seen like the, the tail end of this before. You know, things will start to emerge. And the way the the way the mind works in my um, experience is that it could just be um, it could be quite tenuous and unrelated issues that trigger it. I mean, if you look at sort of phobia, uh, phobias, uh, the way phobias are sort of dealt with, you know, in, you know, they're they're irrational fears, you know, and there's the famous thing on Maury Povich where like, like they they brought on this jar of olives to this woman and she was like ah! and she was literally uh, pickle lady. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Pickle lady. <laughs> the pickle lady. And so the reason was because that they looked in her eyes that, that in in her mind they they looked like the, the dead eyes of a granddad or something like that. Um, you know, so so it was like and there was the other guy that was the other uh, girl who was um you know it's like it had a phobia of chewing gum or the sound of chewing gum and you think well that's ridiculous but 
when she was a kid, her dad was in the army and took her skiing and chew, chewing tobacco. And he's like, no daughter of mine is on the ski lift. No daughter of mine's going to be afraid of heights. So it's like dangling her Michael Jackson style <laughs> off the edge of the ski lift while going. And, you know, so it's sort of, then it's like, oh, okay, so that's the, so the brain is just looking for any sort of novel stimulus. So that, you know, it could be, you know, toilet paper anxiety. I, I bet you any money. Oh, there shit. Be, there, there, yeah, exactly. Literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there will be, there will be, the way that we have, um, uh, that we, that we view toilet paper will never be the same. You know, I mean, it's like that, that line in Blackadder, you know, when they're captured by, um baron von richthofen in the in the world first world war it's like during your stay i hope to learn more about your culture the toilet for us is a mundane and functional item for you the basis of an entire culture you know i mean it's it's kind of like it's 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 that i mean toilet paper is it's just like you couldn't make a meme up as random as the idea that toilet paper is like you know people are fighting over bog roll it's just ridiculous but but so yeah it's going to be far and wide i think and uh, well, that's what I'm hoping. So you know, because obviously that's my <laughs> cash in, get the money so, in. So you know, not not that I'm hypnotically, you know, dropping seeds into this so that you'll start to feel anxious now. Uh, but um, yeah, that'd be great if that did happen because it mean I could have a holiday. So well, I think it'll happen anyway. So I don't think you'll have to worry about that. Yeah. So so in essence, I think I guess what I'm saying is that I think we all just trundle through our lives. Um, to a certain extent, doing a bit of damage, damage limitation work. Whatever happens to you, one way or the other, you're gonna you're gonna get hit with some sort of psychological issue that you've got to either bat off or you absorb or whatever. And in my mind, I think I, I guess just because of the job I do in the emergency services, you spend a lot of your time just batting it off or coping with it or dealing with it however you decide to deal with it whatever and it manifests itself what can people do i guess to recognize anxieties because a lot of people won't have you know i'll be honest and i'm going to be straight up here the first time i uh, experienced an anxiety i didn't even know what it was i didn't even know it was like a like a I, th- I thought it was it was something I'd taken. It was like a really weird experience first off. Yeah. So it wasn't until I confirmed it with someone else, another work colleague, and they were like, yeah, that's anxiety, mate. I get that all the time. And I was like, what is going on? I've got tingles in my brain and my head and my arms. And So A, what can people do to recognise it in themselves? And B, what are the best sort of coping mechanisms or things that you can do to damage limitate if you feel like or maybe you you've suffered some mental health problems in the past and you want to just you know keep yourself a bit you know protect yourself a little bit is there anything you can do a bit of self-defense so the first thing that yeah there is so the first thing i'll say is like you've got to remember human beings don't give a shit about anything that doesn't directly affect them right this second which is why people because the sun's shining well we're all let's go for a bike ride screw lockdown and you know and and all the rest of it and we're gonna have a picnic and all the rest of it um you know and if you look at how life has changed over the last two weeks two weeks ago we could have been you know kicking a ball around up up a park or we're having a picnic or and nobody would thought anything wiser on it and this thing about coronavirus would be like yeah 
uh, well, theoretically, it's coming here, but you know, hopefully, it won't happen. And and here we are. We're living in this very different landscape. So, so the first thing is, is like, it's only when it's on people that they actually will think, I better find out about this. So, so you know, while I could say, yeah, absolutely, go and go and sort of learn what what the triggers of, of anxiety are, and you know, and learn to sort of study them in yourself people are just not going to do that <laughs> just don't care yeah you know and 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 your experience of anxiety is going to be different from a, another person's experience of anxiety so you, it is so you could say oh yeah i've experienced anxiety and i go yeah uh-huh well shit that really sucks that must be really bad but i'm i'm most people are not not going to likely go what's it feel like then they're probably not going to they're probably going to be like got to remember we're british and also there's that kind of thing of like you know it's like you know you don't want to go any near anything that might be you know catching you know there's this kind of of psycho you know sort of subconscious thing of like oh you know like i don't want to pry and i don't want to catch it just in case you know anxiety's catching which is preservation Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, so you're unlikely to sort of do a deep dive in to find out what the symptoms are until they're actually on you. Hence your your experience of like, oh, my God, I thought I'd been like slipped a, slipped a pill or something like that. So um, with the best will in the world, that's that's unlikely that people are going to try and seek that out. Although there is much more. Uh, there's what's it called? Uh, uh, MFHCA or something like that. Mental health first aid um do a, a whole bunch of really good courses and i thought they were going to be crap and I thought, oh, yeah and i went on one and i thought actually it's really really good so a lot of a lot of if you if you work in any sort of kind of company then try try and get yourself on one of those the mental health first aid courses they're really good and that's for somebody who's who's been you know like been doing therapy for you know over a decade they're really legitimate um to to find out more about what it's like and some of the sort of symptomology of, of anxiety and, and depression and stuff like that now second part of the question um yeah absolutely so the way you absolutely there absolutely is things you can do about it uh, i did a video about a year ago called the plimsoll line which is like this idea that i that i um sort of i i sort of run through my sort of coaching and therapy work which is this idea just like you've got the plimsoll line on the side of the ship like you know if like if the water's there and the plimsoll line's there it's like you're okay you know if the water is above the plimsoll line you know there's too much there's it's been overloaded right that's kind of how it works so um so i i sort of explain this idea of like in your life you have to have almost like this plimsoll line so so if neutral you know, if you've got neutral, we well, don't want to live your life in neutral and be some sort of like, well, well, I think monks are great and all the rest of it. But, you know, to live your life without joy or sorrow is not really living. Um, by the same token, I don't recommend people live on super really, uh, you know, super high energy where they're like trying to like be happy all the time. I just don't think that's realistic. You know, obviously, I don't want people to be below the plimsoll line, if you like, um, or, or, you know, or the line of neutral, you know, whether in like a world of shit all the time, because that really suck. Instead of that, what I like to do is to, you know, if you think about the water is neutral, you know, and the plimsoll line is a couple of, you know, just a couple of steps above neutral, you know, where there's this like underlying, uh, underlying sense of well-being and contentment. 
and to stay there so that if you do experience really high points in your life, yeah, you get to have those high points and then you can come back to that that place. But by that same token, if if there is some really troubling times, you know, then you've got a little bit of timber on you. You've got you're a little bit above neutral. So you won't go because if you're really, really up high and, you know, you know, I don't know, snorting coke or strippers, Rolls Royces or something. And then all of a sudden you. Yeah, yeah. It's like you've got such a way to go and crash into the negative. So, so I'd rather people live, you know, with with a sense of, you know, like quiet contentment, and, and you know, and so that they do feel secure and, and fine in themselves. So that if things do go bad, you know, it's like they've got a little bit of. You know, like if I got caught out in the snow, I'd probably survive a couple of days. I've got a bit of timber on me, you know. So it's about having being a little bit in the black in that. If you think about it in a another way of thinking about it is like a like a bank account. You know, you you might want to have like a million quid in your well, we would like to have a million quid in our account. But, you know, we want to have enough in our account to cover our bills, you know, and maybe have like a uh, a non-Chinese takeaway, you know, sort of once a week or once a month. Uh, or whatever so uh, so it's about having a little bit of spare um spare sort of emotional willpower and capacity and and sort of to sort of reiterate and sort of sort of close a little what i was saying earlier the way that you do that is by doing things that that you love um doing things that speak to your values you know the the whole thing about self-esteeming is, you know, is is to have high to to have self-esteem, not necessarily a high self-esteeming person, is that your behaviours have to match your um your your values. So you know when people see somebody who's going out doing happy slapping, or spitting and spitting in our old ladies' faces, and they think, oh, he's obviously got no self-esteem. No, wrong that's a very high self-esteeming young person that's spitting in that granny's face or the copper's face or the rspca person's face how do you work that out well because in their little cadre in their little circle being cruel is a highly thought of value so it's a highly respected value being cruel so if if their behavior is very cruel that matches the behavior matches the values they feel like cock of the north they feel amazing uh, even though they're actually being very cruel so it's about value your, the, your values ha- have to match your behavior so if if you have got these values of truth and honesty and strength and dignity and and compassion and you're sitting at home picking your ass then you're not going to be have good self-esteem so you're so whatever you're and most people don't even know what the hell the values are because like if I, you know, you're not down the pipe. Like, so what are your values? You know, like go away, you know, you know, uh, maybe, maybe Adam, you can start a class. I want everyone to share one of their values. <laughs> like, like your membership numbers will like, yeah. be like for the Corona. <laughs> um, but you know, so it's, so that there's, you know, they're private things. So, but you can, you need to think about uh, what, what are you passionate about what drives you you know what makes you feel good if doing things for other people makes you feel good then do that if jiu-jitsu makes you feel good about yourself then do that if you know i don't know working in a hospital or you know like being in a you know or playing tennis you have to find you have to you know there's a whole myriad of things to explore so we have to find out what speaks to us what drives us you know there was um 
some research that was done. I, I can't quote the research, but but the, the premise of it was uh, they got 30 people or 90 people or 20 people or 10 people, however many, to stick their hand in a bucket of ice and see how long they could put up with it for. Let's say it was two minutes. And then another bunch of people. And then and then what? Um, what was it? Oh yeah, that was it. Uh, and then another bunch of people. They they are they asked them. So what are you into? You know, are you into? Oh, I'm into climbing. What do you like about climbing? Oh, it's the passion of getting to the top of the blah blah blah. What it's like? I like to do gardening. They found out what what these what was really important and powerful uh, things in these people's lives. So they did that, and then they had the people stick their hand in the bucket. Now. You know, you don't have to be a rocket science to work out that those people who are connected to their values, connected to their personal truths, whatever they are, well, they could put up with the ice so much longer. Well, if we extrapolate that that idea, it's like, well, if you're doing things that, you know, this this brings us back to the Plimsoll line. So if we're doing things that, you know, we that we feel is good about us, <clears throat> that, that makes us feel good about ourselves, then our sense of well-being is heightened. Therefore, when bad things do happen to us, we have got a bit of a bit of cushioning to go before we start to feel crap about ourselves. If we already feel only feel crap about ourselves, that's only going to plunge us deeper into that. So it gets back to what I was saying about, you know, your mental your mental health is your responsibility, same way that your physical health is your responsibility. And you know, that could be things like, I mean, like I'm a big fan of uh, mindfulness meditation or, you know, just like it doesn't have to be that that just happens to be something which is particularly powerful um but you just need to find something that absolutely you know lights you up and and do that you know quite often it's you know you know the like the i suppose the heuristic for that would be like are other people benefiting from that so if you look at what adam's doing you know, I, I'm not trying to big Adam up here, but, you know, if you look at Adam, Adam clearly loves jujitsu and he's teaching jujitsu. So it's like he's in heaven and he gets to drop his trousers almost every class from what I gather. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like jiu I love jujitsu, tick. I'm sharing my passion of jujitsu with other people, tick. I get to show people my pants, tick. I mean, this guy's in heaven. Look at him. Just look at his face. So, um, it looks like a bear that's just about to go to sleep. Um, so, so it's about finding what your passion is. I know that sounds really cheesy, but whether it's cheesy or not, it's something that's going to help protect you mentally and uh, and therefore your the, your mental health. I guess the difficulty in this situation, though, Al, is a lot of people, especially in the jiu-jitsu community, and that 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 flows really nicely. Is we've had a lot of our passion or a lot of the things that make us feel or get rid of our angst or anxieties pulled from underneath us you know by this situation so it's almost like finding a new thing a new purpose isn't it absolutely you know the thing the thing is about people that that um that love jiu-jitsu is what you're looking at when you're looking at the host of people who love jiu-jitsu you're looking at the, a host of people who love to learn ultimately um you know i've never done uh done any kind of pursuit which was like it was like it's like a fucking arms race it's like you know every class it's like an arms race it's like everyone's like desperate like to like, learn and progress and it's like it's a, it's really fascinating to see um you know so what that means if we just go meta to that what that means is 
okay, great. I get that you love jiu-jitsu. At the moment, you can't train jiu-jitsu unless you're doing Danaher's solo drills, which I think is an amazing thing that he's given away. Um, you can't do that. But if we go meta to that, that means you have the capacity to learn. And while the brain is very resistant to learning new stuff, it absolutely can do it. Look at me. I mean, based on the fact that I lost my dog, I'm now, you know, I, I ran a half marathon on Sunday with, where is it? With, with, this, with this on my back, you know, with, with a 10 kilo burger on my back. Now, if you had told me that six months ago, I would have laughed at you. said, there's no way I could have done it. Um, and while I, I wouldn't say, do I love it? No, because I find it really bloody difficult. Well, I find jiu-jitsu difficult. So that's sort of half the thing, I think, really, is to find something that, that you can engage with and, and, and something that is difficult to master. And, um, you know, like we're first worlders here, man. Like, look, just pick up a book, find a pursuit and, and try and do something, you know. And if yeah. you don't like it, do it a bit more. You still might get turned on to it after a, a little while. And if you if you still don't, go and try something else. You know? Yeah, definitely definitely i think there's going to be some fascinating things coming out of this i mean it, people now have, are using the internet like um it's so many ingenious ways now you know the 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 industries that now are going to flourish uh, and the, the the ideas that people come up with because people do you know get given lemons and they make lemonade you know so there will be people out there that will just you know absolutely come out of this um yeah. better people yeah well what is it it's the um necessity is it necessity is the mother of invention isn't it mm. you know so uh, and and what's interesting is and i'm listening to a philosophical guy and he was saying that when people realize that people can produce a good quality of work remotely you know that there are you know we're sort of like sitting on the cusp of sweeping changes in how we work which has already started to happen but you know this idea of like you know not having to have the big man like mm, are you at your desk you know you know well i'm still outputting the work you know so mm. uh it, it, it could be uh the sweeping changes for the workforce as well which you know maybe a good thing and productive for the environment you know what i mean all, all the people that are managing to work from home not doing unnecessary journeys not filling up the car with fuel not you know polluting with you know excess travel um yeah. you know i mean after this even if there is still a cull on travel the ability to go and explore your own island you know what i mean is probably something that a lot of us haven't done to a certain extent and you know it, 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 that's got to be a positive you know they've already seen you know tangible changes in nature and things even just like venice even just the silt dropping it must be an, an amazing sight to behold at this you know at this time and it's not even not even been doing this for a month in, in most countries so you know it's quite exciting prospect i think to see how this turns out you know yeah um, george you had a, a good question for al far away with your question mate well um so like the powers of suggestion and hypnosis for example do you believe there's a degree in sort of susceptibility to your approach of life coaching and how do you deal with maybe clients who are a bit less susceptible to kind of suggestion and that way of thinking yeah that's a really good question um you know uh you know uh, 
there's this idea oh you client is resistant and all the rest of it well yeah sometimes i mean sometimes people are and you know for me that's half the and that's why i do what i do i really enjoy it and i love the idea of when i work with a human being it's it's like a rubik's cube you know and you know you might think oh right well you know you're gaining ground and they're you know they're buying into this idea of doing x y and z obviously um let, let me be very clear i'm absolutely 100 percent okay with manipulating people um because that's uh, but i'm i'm doing it for their benefit so so if i if i'm going to deliberately trigger anger in somebody if i'm going to de- deliberately trigger you know or try and push people's buttons so that they you know you know they fight back you know so i'm like taking the mick out of them or i'm like provoking them or i'm you know or i'm acting on i'm prepared to change my behavior in in any way and that's half the thing where you know it's like well can i figure out this rubik's cube of people who instead of like you know right okay stop being an idiot what you're doing is stupid okay ding you're done next i mean people are you know people are uh, very complex machines so um you know suge- suggestibility is is something which which uh, it, it it varies in a lot of people and and it's interesting and i've tried to track you know what people respond to um and what people don't respond to and quite often what i think they're going to respond to they don't and the stuff that i don't think they're going to respond to they do and it's it's quite frustrating because even then when i try and flip that idea and go oh well, they're not going to respond to that they're going to respond to the thing that they don't and it's very people are very complicated um and one thing i'd say is like if they if they if they've come to see me if they've come to you know either sit and you know if they've come to my my house where i work or you know you know we're doing stuff over skype whatever they have chosen to spend share that space with me so um i i will do absolutely everything in my ability for for them to get the changes that they want and like i said i'm i'm more than more than prepared to um do whatever i have to do for that person to get what the outcome that they want um and um in the same way that you know if you think about physios my god i had a really good face some would call them physio terrorists which i thought was quite funny <clears throat> you know physios are bloody horrible people they have real they cause such pain i mean a friend of mine is a really good physio you know he was head physio for the wasps and you know and, and essex cricket and stuff like that he's really good physio and uh and he was really i went to see him when he was working for i think it was uh he was working for the rugby team that Lawrence Delalio uh was playing for I don't know who who exactly it was and he was manipulating my knee and he was you know and he was was, was excruciating he goes if it makes you feel any better Lawrence Delalio was screaming for his mum in the same chair that you're sitting in now half an hour ago so I was like okay man so this idea about manipulation is is uh is is the same way that I use it you know I'm I'm happy to 
try and get people to move through different states <clears throat> to get to get them their outcome and that's the only thing I, I, I want and I'm less interested in being people's friend than I am them actually getting their outcome if I can do it in a friendly way then I'll do it but their outcome is more important than my ego you know has anyone any of your clients ever sort of used um hate to use stupid words but like um used it for darkness so you, you've taught them stuff um, maybe you've improved them and then they've gone off and um well, I mean, used it on others or well i mean the whole fight is mine thing is i want i'm trying to create people who are horrible people to fight yeah you know um uh, and I, I I thoroughly enjoy trying to create monsters when I do that. It's, I, really, that's, I, I love the idea of unleashing demons on the world. I love the idea of that. You know, and just like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's let a few out. Just see what happens. You know, uh, said the, um, the, the head of the Wuhan biotech lab. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's, the what's the worst that happens? Just a couple of that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so I've, I'm just trying to think, I mean, the closest probably I can get to is maybe people that are trying to get more confident to speak to girls, you know, I've, I've maybe helped people, you know, get a bit of confidence for that. But in doing so, what I've discovered is that there's some sort of un sort of underlying issue or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, their mum made them dress as a sailor suit. Um, when they were a little kid, Dave, you'll relate to this. Um, and, um, you know, so this idea of like, we might, there might be some sort of therapeutic sort of cleanup that we'll, that we'll do, um, in order that will ultimately get them their outcome that, you know, to be able to go and talk to women. But I don't think so. I don't I'm just trying to wrap my brains, you know, um, that's not really, well, maybe, I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously I'm not going to break sort of confidence. I mean, I work with some very serious people and you can take that to mean whatever you like. Um, but has that actually helped them be any more serious? I wouldn't like to know. I don't want to know, really. Um, I've helped them with the issues that they've had. Um, but if, has that made them function any better? to be more serious i couldn't say my job was just to treat that individual and help them with mm -hmm. with a particular particular thing so not 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 really i'd say is a, is a very loose and vague answer to that george you had another yes. part to your question didn't you uh i don't think so no oh, did you not? all right uh, uh who's next kerry was oh, it cronk yeah, yeah sorry what was your question cronk um you speak to a lot of people in your in your work. You speak to a lot of people, sorry, in your work. What lessons do you learn from speaking to other people? What's the most surprising lesson you've learned? That's a really question. Really tough on that. Um, that I don't know anywhere near as what I think I know. And every time I think I know something, I realise there's just more that I don't know. So I suppose a forced humility 
Um, because I can be a pompous twat. <laughs> and so sort of the, the world's got a fantastic way of like pulling the rug from under me and making me fall on my ass. Um, so learning, learning how people can get over serious stuff and still be functional human beings. I, I guess resilience um, is something that I've, but I, I mean, I've always been pretty resilient to be fair, but seeing, you know, but you know, the things that I've been through, which is, you know, just stuff in my sort of childhood, you know, about like, getting my face cut glass and stuff like that. Powers in comparison to, let's say, getting stabbed by your boyfriend 11 times, you know, or getting sexually abused by X, Y, and Z sort of family member or something, you know, that sort of pales into insignificance. Um, so just seeing how, seeing people's ability to, to, um, to not just recover, to not just survive, but to actually thrive is something that is really amazing. Uh, so I think the humans, I know it sounds really cheesy, but human spirit is, is an amazing force to be reckoned with. You know, given the right, given the right stimulus. Um, uh, what else have I learned from about people? What else have I learned from my clients? Uh, some, um, I mean, I remember, you know, when I first started doing the fighters mind stuff, there was, you know, some really good insights from this uh, MMA fighter, and he, he was just doing local shows, and then we got him to, he, um, oh god, what was it? Wasn't Bammer? It was. Um, it was it was another big show at the time, um, and yeah, he 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 won a British title there. But uh, you know, some of the things that he said, oh, in my mind, I do it this way. I was like, oh, God, I'm having that, and I've sort of like absorbed. I'm always happy to absorb um, things that people say that I think are cool or useful into my sort of repertoire, my body of work. You know, in a sort of in a bit of a sort of Jeet Kune Do kind of like pinching other people's stuff for my own kind of way i'm i'm not ashamed to say that you know probably about 10 percent of what i do is is original and you know 90 percent is stuff that i've drawn from other sources so um so yeah um i learn all the time and i'm fascinated fascinated by people and and people's ability to change very quickly it's amazing it still amazes me and how doing something very simple you know just by manipulating people's body or their eyes or something like that can radically transform their their um, the way they think about something which was a very traumatic thing amazing really it's weird weird it's like it's like jujitsu in that like you know when you're shown a Adam shows you a technique and you do it and you're like, that shouldn't work. That's so pissy. It shouldn't work. And then it does. And it's just like, it blows my mind all, all the time, you know, both jujitsu and, and working with people. You know, this idea that this stuff that looks so simple and, you know, it's not using this great, you know, broad brushstrokes of strength or athleticism, you know, they're, they're, they're quite, you know, sort of, uh, uh, finicky type little sort of movements or gestures or ideas or or tropes, they can bring about great change. So it's like 
just finding, you know, the old thing about, um, have you heard the sort of the anecdote about the, the guy who, um, who, who knew like, so that, okay, let me just quickly tell you, just in case you haven't heard it, I'll be really quick. So guy's got a lemonade bottling plant. Do power goes out. This guy's, oh my God, you know, not, not making any lemonade. Like, what do I do? So rings this guy old boy comes in with a bag of hammers you know looks like sort of geppetto you know the guy that made um pinocchio so he's listening to this pipe listening to that pipe listening to the other pipe then eventually sort of like he gets his hammer out and goes bang and then you know the everything starts up the production lines and they're like oh my god it's amazing so he gives his uh it gives his uh his invoice and he says like a thousand thousand dollars the guy's like bloody hell, he only tapped it once you know like what's can you give me an itemized bill and the itemized bill says you know tap of hammer on pipes one dollar knowing where to tap 999 so it's um i'm not sure why i'm telling that story but um it's, it's relevant at the time it's a good story yeah cool story <laughs> i can't remember why am i telling that story I think no matter what, I think people nowadays are realising how powerful their mind is, and I think that's a that's a generational difference that maybe wasn't such a conscious thought process, and I and and I think for a lot of people, it's almost worked against us as a as a as a, a generation because also we know that if we have a weak mind it it causes us such problems do you know what i mean it's almost like a it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time where it, yeah. it, years ago you like you said you know in the war times people just did plug on there's no there was no shortage of mental health problems i mean it, it was it was probably absolutely prolific wasn't it it was, it was loads yeah. of it but essentially, you just cracked on because you didn't have a choice. You had to do the washing and sort the kids out, you know, and 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 hide from the bombs and get evacuated or whatever else you had to do during those times. What people saw was horrendous. So there was plenty of PTSD going on. Yeah. You know, plenty of abuse in relationships and everything. All the problems that we have now and probably more. Um, but now you're so acutely aware of how your psychology matters um and things are diagnosed don't they you know obviously you know people you know are getting diagnosed with ocds and you know quite rightly so that they are all getting recognized in their their own right but you're acutely aware that they can also bring you down if 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 it comes out you know yeah i i think there's a there's a, a a a potential to overdiagnose and to you know we can like you know like oh my mental health you know someone looked at me the wrong way you know there's is a there's a fine balance you know we have to sort of think like well what's reasonable here you know like you know or you know or you're you know you're i'm feeling threatened by your your questioning or just shut up you idiot! <laughs> Do you think that it's, it's created a more sensitive society? You're, you're, are you saying that the is is yeah, this yeah, yeah. snowflake the real thing? Well, I think a lot of snowflakes are going to um, they're going to earn their stripes over the next couple of months, mate. To be <laughs> honest with you, and 
and uh, you know and, and and the thing is you know we're calling them snowflakes they're actually going to realize that they're not snowflakes and that they actually have got a bit of grit and determination for the simple reason that there isn't going to be anyone to cry to and you know they're going to have to just start being you know a bit more independent and a bit more uh, resilient uh, about things so all those people that we sort of think are oh, snowflakes this is probably going to be a really tra positively transformative time for them because um, it's going to give them the opportunity to that they're you know that that there's um you know that they're going to have to act they're going to have to not just <clears throat> bitch and whine about something but but that instead actually take you know positive action that's going to help themselves and their 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 health uh, and well-being yeah and i think what's really important as well and i don't i don't really want to ignore this point so i'm just, i'm just going to make a, a statement now as much as i'm talking about people who are um locked in their house having some mental health issues and struggles and things like that this bind this pales into insignificance the mental torture and wartime battlefield-esque experiences that the nhs staff are going to be in at the moment and the support that they are going to require from a mental health point of view is going to be enormous because without shadow of a doubt you know i'm from the fire service point of view i saw grenfell and 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 the effect that had not only on the communities obviously that were affected but but the firefighters you know it just you know these guys especially in the nhs they've seen so much already and i've always um i've always said especially to recruits that i've had at the stations and things like that that i've always said you know and this is i don't know if this is weird for people who aren't in you know maybe the military or emergency services but there's a real big push uh it's like a almost like a taboo we don't really talk about it but there's a big push to see your first dead person or your you know first dead body in in the services and i always say to my recruits you know it's it, it is like radiation it's cumulative you see one it doesn't matter you see two you see three but it builds and builds and builds and now this situation has come at a time when our nhs staff our healthcare staff have been under such strain and stress anyway because you know but you know bare no bones about it they're understaffed and under a lot of pressure but that, the psychological stress of the amount of you know death and devastation and you know even dare i say it from just people regular loss of loved ones and they're watching the the the, the you know the the sadness from almost a third party through a window or whatever you know you take that on you take the distress of family members on you take so these guys are going to need i think personally the 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 greatest of support after this the greatest of you know mental release um and i know tonight you know hopefully you know all of the uk uh, you know we're out 
um, clapping our uh, nurses and NHS workers because, you know, they are literally, you know, the viral load that they are putting under them, you know, themselves at risk of, they know about, they understand the risks they are taking as most people in the emergency services do. And, you know, I think, you know, for once, I would hope that we are beyond, you know, appreciative of what they do for all of us because it's, you know, it's um, just, you know, outstanding and underestimated on, on all, Absolutely. Uh, on all, on all, you know, on all fronts. So by no means, you know, do I want to let the snowflakes escape the fact that you might have to stay in for a while and deal with your own demons that there are people out there dealing with absolute carnage so pull your shit together and um, grow a pair of nuts if you can do and 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 get through this thing the best way you can because there are people doing real shit real jobs in the trenches um you know battling real life stuff so i think we need to keep a bit of perspective in our minds when we look at that and say oh no i don't feel very happy today the kids have played me up well no actually someone's fucking tucked the uh, sheet over 20 people today so grip hold of your shit and fucking get on with life you know what i mean Home if you're depressed teach. by disney plus exactly that get yourself uh clone wars and crack on you know crack um, on uh, but yeah, so I, I just wanted to say that really, just um, and a little bit of props for those people out there, and, and it doesn't just go to nurses because it's freaking, you know, the, we really recognise what key workers really are, and then the people in the supermarkets that serve us our food, and they're the people who empty our freaking bins, and those people out there that you know clean our streets and 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 make the fucking water go out of our taps and make the freaking electric go down the cable and all that shit you know that is important to us and fuck celebrities and you know fuck everyone yeah. else like that because they are what exactly. fucking useless pieces of shit at the moment so <laughs> um you know Stop I, lo- I love the fence uh, well, I love, I love, uh, you know, everybody's trying to come down the old, um, you know, let's make a record like Band Aid. Fuck off of your record. No one no wants to hear that shit. Is that what they say now? They're making a bat. Oh, they've all got on the internet and done a fucking Skype talk shit, make everybody oh. happy song. And, you know, it's just, oh, I shit. think. Yeah, it's it's an unwarranted, un unrecognised thing. What they should be doing is 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 throwing the love out to the real heroes and bringing the attention to them, their plight, and the fact that they should get paid a decent bit of dough um, for what they do. Because I think we all appreciate now when they're wiping our asses and we can't breathe that maybe they are quite important. Um, yeah, sure. So I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but you know I'd, I'd feel strongly about that after getting You're out sure there as well, Dave. I can't believe it. I'm allowed, I'm allowed, mate. Everybody's allowed to swear. Dave, do you think yeah. this will do you think our appreciation will carry on after this, or do you think in eight, nine months' time we'll just be digging them out on the news, whinging about them going on strike? I think they'll be I think they'll be dug out in about five minutes, mate. Yeah. I, unfortunately I'm so, I'm the cynic that I am. And um knowing what I know and, and if anyone, you know, We've all experienced 9-11, 342 or 43 firefighters died in 9-11. I hope I've got that right. Um, and and Grenfell, which isn't over, but it's kind of over for the powers that be. Um, 
the NHS will be used, unfortunately, and and left high and dry after this. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see myself as being wrong because we are we do take things for granted. And, you know, as as the government said today, you know, it's we're all going to jump in to write this ship. Well, I can tell you what. It ain't going to be Branson writing the ship. And it ain't going to be the bankers writing the ship. And it ain't going to be, you know, um, Wall Street writing that ship. Well, it might be in America, I don't know. But over here, it ain't going to be, you know, um, uh, Mr. Sugar writing that ship. It will be the likes of the NHS, the public services, um, the taxpayer writing the ship. All the little people. Because that is what always happens. And unfortunately, you know, it started already. They're already up in, you know, the self-employed, you know, tax. They're already putting shots across the bow. Now, you know, I know we're all in it together, but was everybody in it together when they weren't paying their tax and they they shipped their bank accounts onto offshore accounts? Probably not. So I'm a, I'm a massive cynic. And I think those of us that care will always hold dear what, people do for us you know I, I will always call um you know the dustman thank you sir you know i mean i will always treat those people with respect um maybe a few more after this will do maybe if maybe so many of us will go through this system with this that we'll all get a little dose of what people really do and we will appreciate it uh you know maybe that will be a really good thing to come out of it um, but people have got short memories and the government have got no memory. They they literally, um, you know, I, I, I think it, I, I, I wait to see what happens. But I really hope we're not protecting the economy over people's lives. But I, I can't help but think so that maybe, you know, it's going to be that and it's going to be a giant witch hunt as well. After this, heads are going to roll. But they don't roll, though, do they? Because what they say is let's have an inquest. Let's have an inquest. Oh, yeah. We have an inquest and talk yeah, it's about independent. It. It's independent. It's um, independent. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think it will be just used as more reasons that the Tories can throw at us to vote for them. Yeah. I think ultimately, you know, everything like this gets like an unprecedented occurrence. They, the, any failings, it was unprecedented. We couldn't plan for a pandemic. But what we all really know deep down is, it 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 will break, and it has broke a lot longer than it would have if it was probably properly sorted out and, and like in other countries who have broke um and they are they are very well funded you know some of these um healthcare systems and and they are really uh, you know i think someone said to me that uh, per person italy have got twice as many um yeah. Uh, ventilators, yeah. Yeah, ventilators as as we have now uh, and I think you know that's and that's uh, I think that's per head proportionally. It's not because they have a bigger population. That that is just uh, how it is, you know. So I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping there's some big changes out there. You know, I don't know because this could get so big, it could change society as we see it. I mean, pe- people do some crazy stuff when they've got little to lose. You know what I mean? And there's going to be a lot of people out there that are losing a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. um, and will be very very upset about it. You know, people and things. You know, they'll they'll you know the it will be it will be a, a, a tough 
lesson to or not a lesson it'll be a tough time you know i was looking at that 1918 pandemic 50 million people died it's almost and that's only who they thought died because they couldn't test back then i mean that's unimaginable um and and this is not dissimilar in its mortality rate at the moment so yeah i mean i looked at um this this graph that i'm looking at now you know we said i'll press the button the john hopkins i think in october they ran a simulation um based on if an unchecked uh covid style thing and they they said that there would be 65 million deaths in 18 months you know so they and you know, they've only got to look at the internet and see that 10 years ago two years ago blah blah years ago you know people were saying this shit is gonna happen but like I said before, people only care about stuff and are only motivated to do stuff, most people, when it's on them, you know. And now it's honest, they might think, okay, right, you know, if you look at uh, SARS in, in South Korea, like they are just doing an amazing job because they went through SARS. So they were like, yeah, that really sucked. Let's put things in place. And so they've got a whole bunch of protocols and, you know, you know, sort of you know labs and you know ability to you know to, to to handle this and and protocols in place um because they've been through it so they've learned from this so i would like to think that that this this could be um a, an opportunity for us to really just i know it sounds a bit you know like woke and all the rest of it but but to 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 develop as as a society mm-hmm. um because if you look at the if you look at the, uh, you know, the, the Spanish flu, which obviously wasn't Spanish at all. Uh, in fact, I think that might have been of Chinese origin as well. Could be wrong. It was, but, yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, which is curious. It wasn't just, um, okay, there's this virus that came and it hit loads of people. No, it's like, there is this virus that came and killed a lot of people. And then it adapted. And then the second wave came. And... Mm. If, if anyone thinks for a second that there aren't going to be second and third and fourth waves of this, then they're, just, they're not understanding the, the, the nature of, of how viruses, you know, operate and not operate, but, you know, how they uh, evolve. Now, hopefully there'll be a there'll be a you know, there'll be a vaccine for this. Uh, but um, but, yeah, it's, it's human nature to not give a shit about something until it's right on your doorstep. And. It is right on our doorstep, so we're kind of like press going to do it. But there, you know, um, you know, without wanting to sort of feed the conspiracy fire. I mean, I think I said to um, some of you guys earlier, you know, like ten years ago, you know, like Chinese Chinese laboratories were trying to splice a a COVID style virus with with HIV you know, to sort of, to create sort of like an airborne HIV, just in case it happened in the world, then we'd be ready for it. Well, that's, you know, that's, you know, for that reads like that's ve- thinly veiled bioweapons engineering, if you want my slightly mm-hmm. um, conspiratorial opinion, but, um, and there's much more conspiracy uh, theories than that. There's, you got to yeah. think as well, Al, I mean, I don't, it, it, I would be most surprised if President Trump wasn't sitting there thinking to himself, 
are they fucking me? Because it feels that way. Because my so, economy is going downhill, and and other people's economy is going uphill. Am I am I getting shafted here? Because he keeps acknowledging them, doesn't he? He's like, this is the Chinese flu. It's yeah. started in China. We're going to call it the Chinese yeah. flu. China. China. Yeah, China. That's, uh, I can't say China. 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 So, like, it, it, I, I tend to take everything back to a fight analogy. So, let's say, you know. Dave, you and I were going to have a fight now, and I knew that I had a certain uh, a certain technique that was useful. You know, I'm not going to just blow my beans on doing that technique straight away. I'm going to like I'm going to faint it. I'm going to stick a jab out and see how you respond. So, if I was going to be massively conspiratorial, I were going to say I'm going to let I'm going to I'm going to drip feed because. The CCP does not give a single solitary shit about its own people. Like I said, it's killed 10 million people uh, of, of its own people, you know, uh, in the blink of an eye. So let me just be really conspiratorial for a minute here, right? And um, and use that fight analogy. I'm going to throw a jab out to see how you respond. I'm going to throw a left inner kick to see how. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to faint, uh, faint a shoot to see how you respond. And... And then if you respond well, then it's like, oh, so let's say that that's what's happening. Let's just say I'm completely let go in left field here. But then you could then we can see who's going to be who can respond to the virus and who can respond to a bio bio weapons engineered thing. Right. OK. And see how they cope with it. Now, not only have you seen how they cope with it to see who's got strong defenses and who hasn't. Right. But you've also weakened the person as well. Because I know that if if I let's say if if I you know hit you with a with, with a with a roundhouse kick right and you block it, you're still taking some impact of that kick. And if I keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, it's like when you shoot on someone right, and you shoot and then you know like that, that they might spoil against it. And you see people that you see people that you know it, it, in the cage and they're like they keep grinding away at the shot until they get it. You know, they, they just and they'll, they'll they'll drive the person from one side of the match to the other until they get that shot. You know, that person's getting weak and weak and weak and every single time there is this crazy theory that, you know, this is just like, let's just let's stick, stick a little tickle out, see how they respond. And then um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just it could be done for uh, sort of like uh, economic gain. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm not sure what massive state uh china's economy is in i don't think it's that good but maybe some of you guys know better than i do but but you know it's just a crackpot theory i'm sure it's not not the case but um it does make you think you know well i'll tell you what surprised me out of it and i don't know what you other boys think is that normally and i'm talking anecdotally across social media i see i see a lot of conspiracy theories pop up and about this, I've seen almost a a violent um, objection to people um, talking conspiracy. And it, it surprises me because, you know, I think I'm just trying to get some figures around here. But I wonder why people don't believe that someone would cause their own people harm in order to cause other people harm when you've got people like Saddam Hussein who killed almost 200,000 people um you've got Hitler who's you know huge 
you know, genocide and pe- people are capable of doing some horrendous, horrible things uh, and right in front of the eyes of <laughs> the people they're doing it to. You know, why do you think people are so um, I know adverse? Um, some some internet sites have been removing, um, they call it misinformation because um, it's a health crisis. Hmm. Some conspiracy theories are way out there, so they're they're just getting rid of everything, labelling it as misinformation. Scaremongering and stuff, yeah. Scaremongering, yeah. Now, um, you know and me. Far right. Like on... Yeah, yeah. Just getting rid of stuff, just in case people um, think it's all a lie and then get infected and hurt themselves or hurt others. But it's all about the ID chips. <laughs> yeah. What about anybody else? Has anybody else got any ideas about um, why people are so against the concept of um, an alternative theory being, you know, thought about how this has cropped up? The thing is, Dave, sorry, Kronk, you you go on, mate, go I just think people like to be told what to think. It doesn't, it's it's already blowing their minds enough that there's a vaccine going, sorry, a virus going around the world without a vaccine that's killing people. That you know, for weeks no one knew anyone that had it. It was all mysterious. It was just this Chinese flu, as Trump would call it, that was you know killing thousands of people over there. It snuck its way into Europe, then it killed a load of Italians, and it's not really, really is is beginning to affect England now. And the US massively now, but in, mm. in the Western world, we generally do sit in front of 24 hour news and just believe the shit that we're told over mm. and over and over and over again because there's a news cycle and it's the only thing you hear on the news. They grab a story and they fucking run with it. Yeah. Um, and you just believe what you're told. And any anything outside, it's it's easier to go to go with that. Mm. Um, anyone that that doesn't believe that and maybe goes down a rabbit hole on the internet or or just read some more about it can be can be labeled as conspiratorial if that's the right word mm. because they're looking into it further but the more you read the more crazy shit you'll you'll uh, you'll come across and then you could find a paragraph somewhere that will debunk it in five minutes but but it's interesting nonetheless i think if you think like that you'll automatically go and look for those things. If you don't, you'll just carry on believing what you're being told. And then if someone that gives you an alternate opinion or an alternate view of it, you just it's either crazy talk or it doesn't fit in with your ideology. So you just immediately dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, I, I do find it. It's interesting. What about you, George? You, uh, have you, do you ever do you think people are so scared that it could be something that they didn't anticipate that that they they almost run away from it uh yeah i i kind of think that you know i agree with absolutely everything just ryan said like some people it's too much for them to go too deep down the rabbit hole without fact checking that they'll just take everything that's too deep down there 
mm. as fact, and then that would cause just mass hysteria, for example. But I also think there's another side to things, like, you know, looking with COVID, what's happening right now, there is going to be an incredibly large death toll that touches a lot of people, essentially. And I think some people find the conspiracy theories kind of insensitive uh, and almost offensive. I mean, you look at things like Sandy Hook, 9-11, all these sorts of things, like massive tragedies, lots of death. Um, and some people, yeah, just find it really disrespectful to kind of not just take it at face value, if you know what I mean. Like, I personally find conspiracy theories really, really interesting. But on the other hand, I can see why people would find it offensive if it deeply touched their life, essentially. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, Kerry, you got, you got an idea, an opinion on it? Yeah, I, I think it's a case of the, this saturation. You know, it's reached the point where you know nothing can happen now on a large scale without someone going oh yeah that was the new world order mate do you know so yeah you know 9-11 yeah the, in my opinion there are legit questions that need to be asked about why two buildings fell down in that way um whether it was structural whether it was aviation fuel whether it's thermite god knows right but when then after that with the internet being so prevalent dominant in society Every single um, big event has a sea of conspiracy that follows it. And if you've got sites like YouTube constantly pushing out, um, you know, content creators are pushing out this stuff, you've got confirmation bias. So people log into their little bubble inside the Internet and they've got a thousand nodding heads saying, yeah, your minds, you know, your your mindset's correct. This is the world. And everybody's walking around in a completely different reality than each other. Um, so it, it, it's difficult because I think even if there was a truth in, in all this, I don't think anyone's going to ever know it because, you know, we're just so misinformed and misguided by our own um, our own bias on the situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely heavy information to take on. But I mean, I, th- I think anyone with a semi-open mind has got to has got to question things because even if you look in the not too distant past, there's been some horrific uh, actions by human beings, and and to think that there isn't um, what did Margaret Thatcher call it, dark forces at work or whatever, you know. Um, to 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 think that that isn't a thing, to think that people don't do stuff for money and for power and for gain, even though you know they are in trusted positions, um, is probably a bit naive, foolish, whatever you want to call it. But you know, I definitely think it's interesting, and I definitely think I don't know if anybody shares my opinion on this. I, I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity hater by any stretch of the imagination, but I do wonder if the longer this goes on the less relevant, especially our our our, our more Z-list friends from The Only Way is Essex and, and that, the less relevant they will be as time moves forward because... Heresy, actually, Dave. Absolute heresy. You think, I know I'm probably going to get rocks thrown at me when I'm out yeah. on the streets. I just feel like as soon as the Premier League starts again, people will be back in love with footballers. They'll be selling shoes at the coronavirus sales in July and... <laughs> yeah, funny enough, I don't have that much hate for footballers because at least they do something. There's a lot of people out there who are famous and do, and literally, they're famous for being in a relationship. You know what I mean? I, 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 True, I, yeah. 
Why all the way. You used yeah. to at least have to have a sex tape. Yeah, Maybe exactly. Maybe we'll Whoever get more of them. Maybe well, the Gemma Collins yeah. sex tape. Listen, yes. maybe... I'm not saying, but you celebrities out there that are looking to raise your profile, you know, get some sex tapes. Contact the lockdown. We can market yeah, right. this stuff. We can get. This <laughs> and we can, I can film it. For you. We can. We can. You know, we can sort this stuff out. We're available, so uh, we can build this up. This leads me on to, um, and I probably should say. Um, we've probably said a little bit, not really that much controversial stuff tonight, but the opinions that we've shared on the show are not those of our employers or anybody else's. They're our own opinions and nothing to do with uh, uh, any outside influences or anything like that. So uh, just so people, other people go take offence, go, oh, they've talked about conspiracy theories and fuck celebrities and shit like that. Give it I work for MI6. <laughs> I work for MI7. Oh shit! <laughs> I really work for MI six 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 six. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take this opportunity after that little interlude to play Ryan Cronk's new game, and I think we're going to make it a um uh, a, a staple for the show. Um, what's your game, Cronk? This week, it features the biggest selling British artists after the Beatles. Amazing. And it is Fuck, Marry, Kill. <laughs> and this week's band is the Spice Girls. Alan, you have to pick three members. Okay. Of the Spice um, Girls. Can I kill more than one? Yeah. You okay. probably kill the rest, don't you? <laughs> kill the uh, rest. But you, well... have to pick, you have to fuck one and marry one. Okay. Okay. Let's think. Uh... Wow. Yeah. There's a couple you of obvious choices in there, Al. I can't believe you're thinking about this. Yeah, well, I'm trying. You can't marry and and kill F with the same person. No, no. it's got to be two different. Okay. But you can kill as many as you want. Okay, uh, so here, kill um, David Beckham's wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't even name her. I like it. <laughs> um, the the copulation of a sexual nature probably has to be uh, Jerry Spice or whatever her name is. Nice. Um, and oh, I suppose. Do you know what? I think uh, the sporty Spice might be the marry. The Ooh. blonde is too boring, and and I think she'd keep me active. <laughs> that is a very yeah, good logical reasoning. She kept me think, on the toes. She kept my fat ass running. I think <laughs> of all of them, she's aged the best. Yes, definitely. I, 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 I like I like her because she was. I get a photo. She she appeared sullen, but I think actually it's because she was a little bit not full of her not full of herself as much as some of the other knobs were. Um, yeah, it's that. That's I think that's my answer. I think she was training more, so she was probably a bit more tired as well, because she was just yeah, more maybe. physical. She's the best singer as well. Definitely. Yeah. Well, singer. yeah, I mean, that's not really much. <laughs> She's yeah. the only singer, isn't she? Yeah. I, I, I like the, the the song that she did with Brian Adams, actually. I really yeah. like so. Baby, when you're gone. <laughs> I, see, I see Kronk's eyes moving across the screen. Are you actually researching this, Kronk, to see, get a visual on them to see what one I she was would choose? I was seeing which, which one had aged the best. 
Jerry Verdock, Verdock, good photo. I've got a good photo. Jerry Halliwell, it still looks good. Really? I think, we, I think we need to give this far more time on the next podcast because I think this is... <laughs> This has got some, you know, we're going to get quite a lot of insight into people's psyche out of this question. We'll have a theme per week, same band each week, because otherwise we'll run out of girl bands. That's true, yeah. Girl yeah, bands that we've... the boy bands. Yeah, <laughs> get ready. Yeah, can we jump on Westlife next week? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Which one? Kerry wants to get on it straight away. See you, dog. So, anyway, um, oh yeah, hit the button, Alan. What was the statistic? Right. End. So, let's just do that now. That's going to be depressing. So, we started, well, I d- if you didn't know, today we broke, um, earlier this afternoon, we broke the half a million uh, confirmed cases. Right. Um, so, when I hit the button at the beginning of our show, or your show, sorry, taking ownership of it. No, it's our um, show, mate. It's our show. It's all of us. It's so everyone's yeah. show, mate. Everyone's show. Keep, keep believing that. That's what the uh, they say. In uh, anyway, but uh, so it was five hundred twenty-three thousand one hundred sixty-three, and now it is five hundred twenty-nine thousand. So there have been not. Uh, hang on, no, hang on. Let me do the maths. Twenty-nine against 23 so that's 6,000 uh, cases the extra cases that have been confirmed in the time that we've been speaking about an hour and 20 minutes yeah it's about an hour and a bit but the the deaths is not quite as bad so 23 so so there were 23,639 deaths so now 23,956 so that's what uh, yeah 300 deaths mm. Um, but the the scary thing I think because because I I'm like I say I'm a bit of a nerd like I was looking there have been 42 so from this afternoon uh, where it was like I took a screenshot and it was 487,000 people um, and it's now 523 so there's yeah in the in the space of an afternoon into an evening there's been an extra 42,000 confirmed cases so. Um, yeah, that's crazy business. But 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 let us also look at this. Uh, so the there are 122,135 cases con- of recovery, and um, before there were only so 59, 12,0059. So 80 people have recovered. Bloody hell! That doesn't sound like an awful lot. It takes a lot longer to recover than die, though, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it was only this week that the original, uh, the first patient uh, from Wuhan actually finally got better. Yeah. But it, the week, either this week or the week just gone. It's just insane. That's a long time. <laughs> I, I think the, the thing that people miss as well, it's not necessarily the um, COVID-19 that is the problem. It's the knock-on effect that it has yeah, on every yeah. other... It breaks the camp back. Yes. There was was a lovely story of that. There was a 95-year-old woman who recovered from it, you know. um, And, yeah, I think that was on, I saw that on Facebook or in the news or something like that, you know. First woman in her 90s or 80s to recover. And I was like, 
oh god that's amazing yeah so there is, there is hope there is always hope yeah no that, that is yeah there is yeah and i think we all need to keep a positive um do do what we need to do for now take the advice yeah. that we've been given and uh watch netflix. and uh, and watch netflix and 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 chill but uh yeah thanks ever so much alan for coming on thanks, uh, thank honestly you. that thanks, was it, it is always a pleasure chatting to you al and we 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 have alan down to the gym um <coughs> to give seminars um i've uh done work with alan i i cannot my wife's done work with alan i cannot recommend him enough um i would say you know no short of absolutely changing my mindset and having an uh you know uh um an enormous impact on my life and a period of my life um and that's 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 not me I, I, I that's not an understatement that is that is true fact so um and i think anyone who does these sort of things you've got to look at their proof and their own resolve and i always look at a um someone who teaches fighting and you know it's not always the rule but if they fought before it kind of gives them a bit of credibility well you know what um if if alan's telling you to never give up on something and to have a positive mindset losing your dog tiny little dog down a tiny little hole in 180 hectares of woodland and then finding him uh two or three days later um is is an example of a positive mindset i don't know what it is you know um it's a true example of never giving up and i think we can all learn a bit from that so um again very generous offer from alan get him if you're suffering from anxiety from the covid19 issues you know give him a call uh, even if it's five minutes or ten minutes i'm no doubt he can help you and and get your head straight and get you back on the right track um, or at least point you to where you need to go to get the right help. Um, and like I say, for anything else, performance-wise, um, he's giving a 50% discount to lockdown listeners. Uh, so just quote the lockdown and um, you'll benefit, no doubt, performance, whether it's in your business, in life, lifestyle or sporting endeavours or whatever. So, yeah, I can't recommend enough. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. And uh, thank you, yeah, Dave. Honestly, this was one of my favourites. Actually, uh, always, it's always nice to, um, you know, talk to someone who is a true expert in their field. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. So, thank Thanks you, guys. Oh, yeah. thank you very much Longest for having time, yeah. me. Appreciate it. We'll um, have to get you back down, Alan. Back down to the gym when we reopen. Yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a new space. You'd be loving it, mate. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, no, so brilliant. Well, uh, thank you, chaps. And tomorrow night, or the next episode, we have got Jeff Ippon Lawson, who is a Polaris veteran, probably uh, one of the most recognisable Polaris um, uh, competitors because of the amazing throw to armbar he did. He's also a very uh, interesting person has experienced a lot of stuff um so we're going to have him on the show uh next episode and we're going to just talk to him all things covid19 all things brazilian jiu-jitsu combat ufc because he, he is a ultimate fighter veteran as well so that is one not to miss so um yeah join us for that and yeah look forward to uh the next episode thanks very much and uh that's 
all of it from the lockdown. Ciao. Ciao.